As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Syracuse pulls off a solid road win, bounce back after a three-game skid. They will start ACC play 1-0. Joe Girard bounces back as well with 20 points. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you and fan feedback live on the Spotify Live app and on YouTube. And Syracuse will face off against Oakland this Tuesday at 6 o'clock. We'll let you know what we think about that. First, real quick, Syracuse lands the pinstripe bowl, Joe, versus Minnesota. (laughs) So uh, as someone who clamored for, I I want a bowl game. I want to be bowl eligible. You know, for someone who clamored for that, I'm not going to be too picky. But no, I like a different opponent. That's nice. I mean, something. You know what I mean? Something kind yeah. of different. A little bit. You know. Uh, I mean, I see. I feel like we've played them. You know, I think we're like we've had a home and away like in the past. You know, I don't know, twenty years, something like that. I know we played them in the Texas Bowl. I'm pretty sure that's who we beat when uh, Terrell Hunt when we went and won the Texas Bowl. Um, but yeah, um, it looks like the NCA kind of gave us a, a go. I was still watching. Um, a lot of people were still guessing that we were going to get the Fenway Bowl, and I thought that it was going to be something that we were going to have to come back and talk about because you know obviously they asked to not play in the Fenway Bowl because of um, finals and stuff like that. So it's finals week and everything like that, and so the Fenway Bowl would have would have lined up right with finals, and that's why. Um, we went to the NCAA and asked not to be in the, in the Fenway Bowl just because of the timing. Um, so, yeah, uh, getting the, the the pinstripe bowl is probably, you know, next best guess. You know, that's what I guessed last time. That's who I wanted. I just wanted to play in Illinois, um, but we didn't get them. So we get Minnesota. So and then the NCAA helped us out a little bit because, okay, we play in New York. And, all right, you, you gave the team their wishes so that they could, you know, not worry about finals. But then they gave us the Big Ten team that has the leading Big Ten, the rush, the leading Big Ten rusher um, on their team. So they have a good running back. Six-year senior quarterback will probably be back from injury. Um, we'll be get back. Obviously, we'll, we're going to hit a, a pregame for that um, yeah, at some point. Like? But um, yeah, they uh, not a, not an easy opponent for sure. Minnesota. They were actually looked at to to, to win. Um, to win that division this year, as far as preseason goes, they were a strong team, and I think some in- injuries, you know, stopped that. So uh, it's going to be interesting, but this looks like a team that might be able to to, to run the ball against us. So that's definitely going to be something we're going to have to step up and do. 
Uh, okay, we'll go over that in about three weeks. Um, <coughs> with that said, I don't think there was... Oh, Josh Huff um, transferred, I think it was the day after the last show. Um, he'd been battling injury, uh, I think, last year, right? And obviously, I don't even know if he's played a snap, but obviously... Um, th- he decided to to move on to something else. He put up big numbers as a college running back, or excuse me, a high school running back. Yeah. Um, and that's that was you know looked promising, but that's why you know that's why I don't I don't I don't buy a lot of that high school hype, man. I just you don't know who they're playing on what they're doing. I just you know, but we I, we wish them the best nonetheless. So, anyways, yeah. that's that's it for football news. Syracuse ends uh, a wind drought and um, on the road, nonetheless. So let's hear what Coach had to say after the game. We needed Joe to bounce back, and that you know that was the difference in the game. I think he uh, he was aggressive. Um, we ran some stuff for him, but he was aggressive and made some plays. And uh, I thought that. Uh, Obviously, Jesse is playing at a high level right now. We've got to get better at getting him the ball in some situations, but they're going to double him, and he's got to find the open guys. But I thought Ball was really good. He made some good plays coming off the bench. Uh, We moved Jesse up in our zone a little bit to try to take away the high post, which was fairly effective. But, uh, you know, they're a really good offensive team. They can shoot the ball. And you have to get on them as much as you can from the three. Uh, The difference last year, they had the big kid inside who I think he had 20 and 17 here, and they don't have that this year. So we can be a little more effective. But I thought we had opportunities offensively to get um, to widen the lead, and we had some really good looks. just didn't make them, but it was a good play at the end. They went, uh, you know, they don't, I'm not coming off Jesse to help, and Judah got to the basket. It was a good play. We were able to use our fouls and make it where they didn't really get much of a shot. So, good win. Uh, we just, you know, we got to get better, but it's a good, it's a good win. It seemed that early on you guys were attacking the paint a lot. What worked so well inside three points? You know, they didn't double him, and he was getting the ball with space, and they started doubling more in the second half. It was harder to get him the ball down there. You know, John, Jim, you touched on, on John Boyle a little bit, but he made a couple really nice passes. Yeah, the game too, he, he made a couple. He's, he's smart. He knows how to what to do. He just knows now that he won't take that jump shot again. He's just got to make plays. He hands off. He gets Joe some shots. He got Joe two backdoor layups. Benny can't do that. It's a pretty simple play, but you got him two plays, two two buckets. The big difference. Those two buckets were important. What do you like most about your team's patience? Eight threes in the second half, but twenty shots inside the arc. Yeah, we well we have to get it inside. We can't make shots, so that's not patience. It's thinking. We don't always do that. We got a long way to go. This is obviously winning game. You're happy, but there's so many things that. We have to do better. You can't play 21 minutes and not get a rebound in college basketball. You know, you just you can't do that. I don't know what to do about it, but 
we can't rebound like that and win. Notre Dame's not a great rebounding team. We're going to play many teams that are great rebounding teams. And there was a play that Jesse stopped Lazuski from shooting a layup, and Benny was right there, and he never went, never jumped. And he went up and got it and put it in. I mean, he never jumped, he never went after the ball. There's you can't win games with your three forwards playing 80 minutes and getting two rebounds. That's what they did. 80 minutes. You should never win a game. You shouldn't win this game. There's nothing more I can say about it. Just, if we do that, we're going to lose. It's no secret. Where's Marek Dolajay when you need him? <laughs> guy weighed 170 pounds and got we got 12 rebounds tonight. We got guys that weigh 210, 220, and they can't get one. I don't know about that. I give up. <laughs> Where's Marek Dolajay when you need him? He says, "I give up." Uh, it's a problem. We'll get to that. Uh, but off the top, as we do always, starting from the beginning of that bad boy. Uh, finally, Joe got into a rhythm and he was able to, um, settle in and despite being two for 10, I think from behind the arc. Yeah. Despite that, hmm. he was still, he still hit some shots. He hit seven from eight for, from inside. Um, the one thing, it, you know, it, that he's extremely good at is foul shots and he's still not getting to the line. And so that's a bit frustrating. I know. You know, I mean, what do you want? Do you want him out of control and into in in, in making mistakes and trying to trying to cr- create a foul, or or do you would you just rather have him play smart ball and and take the shots he knows he can hit and and get in a rhythm like that? So it's kind of a catch twenty two with that. But um, you know, with that said, between him and Jesse being totally unstoppable early. Uh, he finished the game, Joe, in 40 minutes. This dude finished a game in 40 minutes with zero fouls. Okay? Yep. And usually with the smaller teams is where we see most of that trouble. And this being a smaller team, you know, they let him play a little bit. And, you know, the again, the officiating was con- confusing, but I think it was fair. So it was confusing in the fact that I didn't understand, like, what the, some of the no calls mostly. But at the same time, I felt like it was it was in it was across the board for both teams, and I guess that at the end of the day, that's all I asked for, right? So Joe gets in the rhythm, Joe. That's almost like a rap lyric, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Gerard <laughs> gets in a rhythm, and then uh, you got Jesse, who before they took him long enough to double team this dude, and that's the problem too because. For for opponents, if you've got a double Jesse, that means there's I mean someone's open, which is what happened at the end with Judah. Uh, yeah, they they didn't come off of Jesse and and he was able to score that. But um, good bounce back game, ACC win. Uh, uh, these games are always extremely close between well most of the time between Syracuse and Notre Dame in a game. I felt like um, not for anything a good confidence booster that they need to have, uh, but a lot a lot of a lot of things to solve. The puzzle is is not solved yet. No, not at all. And realistically, this team, like we talked about, was is a good match. It was a good matchup. They didn't have a lot of big guys. Right. They don't score from down down low that much. I mean, they shot sixty shots. Thirty three of them were threes. Uh, so 
that we knew that that was going to be the case. And I think that our defense with seven steals, um, you know, kind of, you know, did their job. Obviously, you want to see some more rebounds. Um, and realistically, too, this game, I mean, like, again, I was at Great Wolf Lodge all day yesterday. I did my best to not know or find out what How'd anything that work? had happened. How'd that work? Um, it worked great uh, until, you know, I sat down and I tried to, you know, start the game. And then, you know, we were going to get food and then I'll start the game and then we're going to do this. And so I got done with the game at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> by the time it was all said and done. And uh, it's amazing how fast a basketball game can go when you have it taped and you can fast forward to the commercials. And then they only call 15 fouls in the whole game. Uh, Notre Dame, we knew that they were a, uh, a team that didn't follow a lot. And they only, you know, they only uh, fouled us six times. They had six personal fouls. So it actually kind of hurt them at the end because, well, I mean, obviously, well, not they didn't hurt up, they didn't hurt them, but but us not fouling and, and the refs calling it consistently kind of you know hurt them in the end because we got to foul them uh, with fouls to give and kind of took a little bit of time away to be mm-hmm. able to at the you end. know yeah right. So um, you know the rebounding like. Well, I'm not going to get to that, but overall, uh, very good, good to come. Good self control on that, Joe. Good self control. But, but this is the funny thing, right? So when I did the one time that I went on there to, to look at it, I went and looked at it, went to go start it because I had it taped, and when I went to it, uh, I actually hit the down button. It actually showed the score, but I went up so fast I didn't see which one was which. So I started off. Oh the gosh. Game, I said, yeah, I started off the game knowing what the final score was, but not knowing who won. And not knowing who won. So you yeah. eventually knew, though, like with the, yes, about I did thirteen seconds know. left. Well, when Notre Dame got to sixty-one points and it was sixty-sixty-one, I was like, "Well, oh, okay." I mean, they kind of gave it away there for me. So, um, but yeah, overall, like like we said, it was it was a great win. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame—they just came off their best game. I mean, they just beat Michigan State by eighteen. And on top of that, yeah, really how going... about how about Tuesday us talking about or Wednesday us talking about this game going, oh, they're going to play Michigan State tonight. Let's, you know, everybody can watch them get their asses handed to them and freaking turn on the yeah. game and they're mopping the floor with them. <laughs> exactly. I was it like, oh, us, geez. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then you find out that they got Marcus Hammond, which I completely forgot that he transferred there. We've played him before. He's a fifth year senior transfer from Niagara. This is his first year back i mean he averaged 18 points a game last year for niagara um and this is his first game i'm assuming injury um that he's played this year so it's probably an off-season injury so that gives him another senior guard um some athleticism and another guy so they, they only went seven deep they stayed true to what the stats showed um and they moved it around but overall it was just a great a great matchup for us like you said jesse they didn't have anybody for jesse and they don't foul and also yeah they don't they don't yeah, they literally like they're like top five or something yeah. like in the country like yeah. as far as foul rate and stuff like that. So that yeah. does have something to do with, you know, only having four free throws. They only had five free throws. So, I mean, there was only nine free throws in that whole game. So it was crazy. Uh, you know, they out rebound us, but we end up getting turnovers. We beat them 10 to four. We only had four turnovers. So um, that was really the game. That's what kept us in there. And uh, yeah, I mean, to see that. They get another guy, and they just beat Michigan State by 18, and then you're going to Notre Dame. I, I wasn't confident at all. And then when I saw the score before the game, I said, well, even if we lost, we played them good, right? But 
um, it was a pleasant surprise and a definite needed win because I think a lot of people thought that this was going to be, you know, all in one ACC start and start off four and five. And we go on this stretch against Oakland and the chance for Bayheim's job is even louder. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Leshevsky, he, he didn't score the way that he normally does. That obviously helped a lot. I mean, the defense was was pretty decent, especially towards the end of the game. Orange, they came up with a lot of stops, but a ton of missed opportunities on the other end. And rather than have this thing be as close as it was, they, they could have really put this thing away uh, quite a bit earlier because they just – it was like – Man, I want to say it was about maybe four minutes, three, four minutes that no one scored anything. And it was quite pathetic. But, um, I mean, look, you, you look at your, you have to look at your team and say, you're getting all these stops. You got to go down and score. Like, you, you, you have to go down and score. When you get stops, the, the highest margin was five points for either team in this game. And, you know, when you're playing a, a team that close, and you get Jesse being double teamed. You still got to find a way. Somehow, some way, you got to find a way to score points. So that was a little frustrating. Um, you know, John Bull. I think uh, 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 if anything's a takeaway, it's John Bull. Um, I liked him in there. He looked he looked good. But um, you know, a couple of things. This this team's not a, not going to be the Buddy Beheim team that was lighting it up from behind the arc last year or the year before that. They shot 16% from behind the arc yesterday. Three for 18. Uh, Joe with two of those. And they're going to have to get the ball inside. They're going to have to figure it out. If, if, if Jesse's going to be the guy that's going to have the target on his back and he's going to be hard to get the ball to, they're going to have to figure something else out. And I don't know what that looks like right now, but... Um, you can't just rely on Jesse being the only guy down there to be able to do it. They're going to have to figure something else out. I just don't see this team getting getting super hot from behind the arc. You know, we had Justin Taylor had a game. You know, obviously we know Joe can do it, but until that gets going, man, I don't know what the answer is. You play some of these bigger teams, Joe, getting into ACC play, and that looks like a problem to me. Yeah, I mean, we just need to, like what Joe did, right? You. Uh, he- it seemed like he was really just settling on the three-point shots the last couple of games, you know, or deep shots, and, you know, he was a little off. You know, he obviously took some deep twos and stuff like that, but he definitely found a different way to um, to score this, this game, and it wasn't through free throws, you know. Uh, you know, he was getting himself open, but he was doing backdoor cuts and everything like that, and, and that type of stuff, you know, it helps. You know, it's not just standing around just trying to shoot threes when those guys are, are you know, pretty much like over-defending you out there so you don't shoot threes. That backdoor cut, you saw he had two of them. He had a steal with, with a layup. So finding different ways to score definitely helps with confidence a lot of times with jump shooters too because, you know, it helps him get that back. Now, obviously, he took too many threes. But that's what we need to do. Um, like you said, we're not a three-point shooting team. This isn't last year. And I think we have some good mid-range guys. It's just finding finding how to make that happen. Judah um, Mintz has an awesome mid-range jump shot. Oh, yeah. Like, it's beautiful. And, I mean, he likes to drive, which is something else we need. I mean, he's just got to get in a rhythm of doing that. And a lot of that's just playing together. And, yeah. and it's going to come from passing. And like Coach said in the montage, you know, John Bull's got a high basketball IQ. And he could be utilized in those situations just just 
for assist purposes, man, and being able to um, get guys their shots. And he did it with Joe a couple times. And um, he's just, I mean, hopefully. He loved the team in assists. Did he? What do you have? Four. Four. Okay. Yep. Yeah. But that's so, all he had. He didn't have a rebound. It, and, and it made a huge difference. He didn't have a rebound. We'll get into that. Well, I mean, uh, but, huge. I think he was the, I mean, I saw at least one of the backdoor cuts. You know, Joe Girard had a layup was was from John Bull. So I know he was part of that. True. Yeah. And, and so, anyways, um, that brings us to the the rebounding situation. Uh, Twenty minutes and one rebound for Benny. Sixty minutes and two rebounds for John Bull, Benny, and Chris Bell um, together. By the way, Bell with those two rebounds. Uh, mm-hmm. coach, coach said ninety minutes, something like that. But it wasn't. Um, it wasn't ninety minutes, but. That's look. We were out rebounded thirty-seven to thirty, and we won the game. Yeah, it's a small team against a small team. You're not going to do that. That's not going to happen. If they don't get it, uh, you can see the frustration. You can hear the frustration on coach. You you can only do so much as far as teaching rebounding. That's a that's a that's an instinctual thing, and you either are good at it or you're not that good at it. But with that said. Some of these guys just aren't. It's a little bit of a lack of effort to me. Like they're not looking for that. Like they just plan on someone else doing it or what. I don't know. But you know, you've got uh, coach mentioned a time Benny didn't even leave his feet on defense to to grab a rebound and you know Notre Dame end up scoring on a missed shot and, and a putback and it's like you you just can't do that. The effort's got to be there. You got to be able to grab rebounds. I mean, for those three guys. And Chris Bell being the only one to grab rebounds in 60 minutes is pathetic. I don't know. I don't know how it gets fixed. I'm not a coach, but um, you know the future doesn't look bright if that doesn't get fixed. And this has been a glaring issue all year for for this younger for these younger guys. So yeah. Well, when you look at it too, they don't. I mean. Chris Bell had two points. Benny Williams had two points. John Bull had two points. Uh, I mean, those three four forwards right there. Uh, I mean, if at some point the best rebounder is going to be in there, if they don't, you know, because it's not like either any of them are really putting up big numbers in any other spots to really, you know, and realistically, you, you got to at least do something to make up for it, right? I mean, you have to have an asset if you're going right. to get minutes. Is that, yeah. so, some the, part of your game has to have an asset to it, and yes. and if and if it doesn't, and we're sitting here um, wondering who's going to grab the most rebounds for minutes, I mean, that's a sad situation to be in. And that's yeah, why that's, I mean, even that's why I mentioned it, John Bull as coach did because I mean, but there's not even an answer for that, right? There's it's not like, literally. That's what like, I'm saying. Well, well, none of them can rebound, so we're gonna play John Bull because he plays good defense and he's can you know, he's got he good needs, vision, he, he's got a high IQ, and he can right. make some good passes, and he's not gonna take a lot of shots, right? Like that's gonna that's that's it's, gonna work for you know teams that are it's gonna work for you know, five minutes, not as talented yeah. as us, or teams that just is a super good matchup, like this one. Yeah, that's it. So we have to be able to rebound. So, I mean, you know, and, and realistically, this what opens the, up the... What are the chances that all of a sudden <clears throat> we begin to rebound? Oh. 
I mean, see, that's the problem. That's a problem. I mean, I, I, mean, I guess my thing is, is that this opens up uh, the door for Malik, Malik Brown. I mean, Malik Brown hasn't been in the rotation for a little while, but um, he's a bigger body, longer guy. And, you know, I think that this opens the door for him. I mean, I know he's going to take away, obviously, offensively. And if he gets more comfortable defensively and closer to John Bull on that end, then I can see him possibly. I mean, he's got the doors there for any anybody to step up and, and walk through it and start rebounding and take that spot. But, um, you know, if you're not going to rebound, you're going to have to do something like Justin Taylor did a couple games ago or, you know, have a really good game offensively to be able to offset that. But none of these guys have been doing that. So, yeah, unfortunately. And, you know, who's going to step up and do it? You know, grabbing rebounds and having that be your thing isn't like the flashiest thing, but it is a it is a difference maker. You know, it's a needed role. It's, yeah, like that's what you know. That's what some of these guys are there for. And um, I don't know how long coach can sit there and pound away at it, but something's gonna have to be done. And you know, you look at the next four games; it's got to be done then. So we will yeah. see. We will see. We got four games to try to figure something out. Box out. Box out. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> remember the whole box out thing. Coach said, "Well, we play his own. We don't box out." Oh, okay. Um, all right. That'll do it for that. A good win. Uh, really, really, you know, another another one where you're just like, man, is every game going to be like this uh, besides Illinois where you just get smoked right off the get? But uh, I'll take it. I love the way Syracuse and Notre Dame play. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun rivalry to watch. And to do it on the road, nonetheless – is definitely, definitely pleasing to me. I'm pleased with that. So, yep. um, was there anything else to cover from that game? I don't think so. I don't think so. Moving on. One and zero in the ACC. One and zero in the ACC. That's right. So Syracuse will stay home for the next. We're home for four games, right? Yeah, we're home for the next four. But we alternate with Georgetown. That's what I was checking. We must have went to Georgetown last year. So. Uh, Syracuse is going to stay in the Dome, and Oakland's going to come in Tuesday night at 6. The all-time series between Syracuse and Oakland sits at 4-0 in favor of the Orange. Joe, the two teams first met in 2008. Johnny Flynn with 18 points in that win. Last time out, Syracuse with a 64, uh, 74-62 win. Gerard Beheim, Sadibi, Dolezal, and Hughes, your starting five. Hughes with 23 points. Gerard with 20 points. And Sadibi with 13 rebounds. Oakland is sitting two and eight currently with wins over Defiance, uh, which I didn't even know was a school. No idea. <laughs> and a 92-90 overtime win over Eastern Michigan. Sophomore forward Trey Townsend leads the Grizzlies with 16 points per game. As a team, they're hitting 44% from the field and 33% from behind the arc, Joe. So um, Defiance, the win over Defiance. And a win over Eastern Michigan, and then some, you know, I think Bowling Green, I had it up here, like some other, uh, their losses, Bowling Green, Oklahoma State, uh, Long Beach State, San Jose State, Missouri State, Cleveland State, and Purdue Fort Wayne. (laughs) Bunch of state schools, huh? Yeah, geez. Yeah. So, um, this is one of those, this is one of those previews that is 
you know, I don't really know what to say. I don't. My expectations aren't to be worried about this game at all. And you know, I really didn't look too much into into the players, but um, I looked at the record first, and I said, "Oh boy, okay. Well, you know, they got work to do. If you think Syracuse has work to do, take a look at Oakland Golden Grizzlies, right, Joe?" Yeah, yeah, they um, they're definitely down again. I guess this season they there has been there's been seasons in the past where they have uh, the last time we played them was they were decent. Yeah, and they've they've been into the turn they've been in the tournament in yeah. recent years. I mean, maybe not last year, but um, yeah, it, just going through some of these names. I mean, Trey Townsend, Keaton Hervey, Jalen Moore, Blake Lampman. Um, Rocket Watts. I mean, there's those are the five guys that they start, and are they average over 25 minutes? Uh, they got four guys in double figures, um, but they just look like they make a lot of mistakes. They huck a lot of threes. Um, I don't really know off the top of my head. What do they got? Ten games or two and eight? Yeah, two and eight. Two and two and eight. So ten games. Uh, they've shot 270 threes. So, so 20, tw- 27, two, 27, 27 a game. Yeah. I mean, they're they're going to be hucking too. So uh, this is just one of those games where we just have to just play smart. Uh, they're going to come in. They're going to try to play tough. They're they play a lot of guards and even their forwards, their top forwards. Keaton Hervey is six four and Trey Townsend is six six. So realistically, when you look at their, they don't got a lot of height um, really at all. And um, I don't really know, you know, if there's if we get out rebounded this game then there's really going to be a problem. Uh, you know, we thought we had a height advantage and we should have got the rebounds against Notre Dame. Well, I mean, the tallest guy, Trey Townsend, um, he's six, six, and he's going to be out there trying to guard Jesse, uh, unless they have another guy on the bench. That's got any type of height. They're just going to throw out there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is one of those games where, uh, I mean, this could arguably be the easiest team that we've played since our exhibitions. So, um, you know, hopefully we can come off this win, get some good practice time, and, and kind of keep give, it going. Give, give and, some guys some burn. You mentioned a Malik yes. Brown. Get Malik Brown in there. It's a you trial know, game, get, man. Yeah, get get uh, you know see what Chris Bell and Benny can do. Uh, give John Bull a little bit more. Uh, Samir Torrance, you know, coach went with what was working, and what was working was great. But Sam- Samir, I think, needs a little bit. You know, if you want to use this game as a scrimmage or a practice game, I mean, those are the guys you want to see out there. You know, Justin Taylor. Um, so I, that's what I expect. That's what the only thing, you know, that's kind of the only thing you can take out of some of these games, in my opinion. So uh, just getting some practice and, and, you know, it's nice to be able to do that, especially, especially at this point in the season. And we're looking at, let's see. So... Tuesday play Oakland, and then on um, Saturday we'll play Georgetown. So, and Georgetown not looking like great, but we've saw we've seen what happened the last couple times. They didn't look great. You know they beat us. So it's it's ever frustrating. Go forever to not win a game afterwards. So right. so yeah, I mean this is this is the time. This is the last four games. I mean before you go through, obviously Georgetown's going to be tough, but to me, this game, uh, like you get in there, you, you kind of build off of this. You can use the same, the same game plan, the same type of what you did offensively, and um, 
and defensively against Oakland because they're basically, you know, same type of team as Notre Dame, but just a shell of them. So um, we go in, get get Jesse the ball early and often. Don't take dumb shots. Try to get people going. But if anybody's not trying, getting rebounds, taking dumb set shots, then I think their leashes should be short. Uh, depending on, I mean, there's a few players where, you know, but most of the players' leases are short. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we, we've looked at it. We, we know what it is. It's figuring out what the deal is with the forwards. We have Jesse Edwards, and we have Joe, and we have um, Judah. And I think that, you know, Samir is, is, is fine coming off the bench. Um, I think there are some players that had, or some people with fans that had more expectations so far from him. But, I mean, Judah's, you got to get him ready for the ACC play and, um, but these forwards, man, we got to figure it out. And any of those forwards start, you know, doing some things that, that isn't helping the team. Yank them. You got to yank them and get the other guys in there. And, and, and hopefully we can, we can get a good big lead and we can get the Malik Browns of the world and the Copelands and the Hemas in there and maybe a Peter Carey and get some guys some chances in the game to earn playing time going against George, Georgetown on that Saturday. Because uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to need to, to rebound against Georgetown. Yeah, that too. So, um, all right. I think that's going to do it for that. It's time to hear from you. It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. I ask for your thoughts on that game. We come here, we talk about them. And, by the way, I will mention, this, if you did not know, this segment of the show is on the Spotify Live app, or in the Spotify Live app. Also, it is live on YouTube. Now, there is no interaction on YouTube. I see people leaving messages and stuff. I do not know how to get to those during the show, because I don't start the live feed from YouTube. I don't even need YouTube up in the browser to even start it. So, um, But the place to go is one or the other. But one place is extra is the green room. And that's a place where, you know, you can get on the show and talk. We can rest, um, request to speak and get in there with that. And also, um, there's a little bit of, shoot, there was an hour, an hour's worth of banter that didn't make it on the show last episode. So sign up. Go to your, go to your, did you realize that was an hour long? No, I didn't know it. <laughs> yes, it was an hour long. Uh, so go to your, go to your iOS, Android, or iOS or Android store and download the app. Now, all you need is your username, email address, and a password to get signed up. Follow us at Q's Militia there. Sign up for notifications when we go live so you can be in there live. Otherwise, it's just not, it's useless because there's no playback on it. Okay. So. Uh, let's start this off, Joe. Um, let's start it off here. Let's see what we got. I, I read a couple of these, but I didn't read them all. And it was mostly right after the game. At Oil Cues, our buddy Captain Patrick says, wait, wait, wait. Are we good again? I'm so confused. It's great knowing how many points and rebounds Jesse can get if he doesn't get into early foul trouble. He ruled down low today. Yeah. So are we good again? Well, I don't know. That question is left to be answered. But they were decent enough yesterday to pull off a win. And 
uh, had a lot to do with with size. And also, if Joe doesn't get going, you know, I really feel like, you know, if Joe gets going against a Bryant, okay, I think there's a good possibility you pull that game off, you know, the two overtime games, which were St. John's and Bryant. And those were part of his his uh, no-show games. Hmm. No, Bryant wasn't overtime. Bryant, which were the, which were the two? Didn't we go Rich? Wasn't so, Richmond? Oh, I'm overtime? sorry. You're right. It was Richmond and St. John's. So St. John's and Bryant, though, is what, what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if Joe gets going in both of those, uh, I feel like we win those games. And you know, he got going yesterday. It, it wasn't pretty. Two for ten from behind the arc. Um, I think. You know, I look at the overall. I have to look at the overall game just to save myself. You know, five defensive rebounds is pretty good. So, um, I don't know if we're good again because I'm not sure if we were good yet. So, uh, but we can. We definitely can take some take some take some positives out of it. You know, um, it's just Joe's inconsistency that's been the Achilles' heel a lot of times. And being that there's no buddy on the team, that's a that's a that's a doozy. You yeah, know? Well, that's the scoring problem, right? Yeah, but that's the putting up the points. We problem. got other issues that allow the other teams to get just way too many second chance points and way more shots or possessions than we we need to let them have. You know, I think that's why we beat Notre Dame. We out rebounded them, but we only held them to five free throws. We didn't foul a lot, and we only have four turnovers. You now, if they have fifteen free throws and we have ten turnovers, then we lose by eight. Yeah, 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 and we don't know, you know. If Probably somebody, more. <laughs> it could have been. It could have been. And to pull it off with negative seven on the boards is a feat in itself. You know, when when in all reality, you're looking at the last shot. They're looking at the last shot, and I'm looking at that game, going, "Oh my god, we're gonna come. It's gonna come down to this. It's gonna come down to this. Someone hitting something." ridiculous to to for a walk-off win it really really ruined my day uh yeah. right no i'm just I'm, I'm i'm honestly because of the timing and everything that happened to me yesterday like i said you, everything that we you, i mean it was 11 it was 11 o'clock like i said when i was done and the kids are like you know they're in bed they're trying to go to bed you know in the other hotel room and if i wouldn't have known the score and knowing what was going to happen, then I probably would have went crazy. So, you know, because that's just the type of fan I am. You know, at the end of the day, you you, you get down one and you have one possession. It's um, nerve-wracking, bro. Oh, yeah, it's nerve-wracking, yeah. And, and me knowing the score actually took that all away. So, <laughs> yeah. like I said, I knew the score. I just didn't know who had what. And then as soon as, you know, because then I said, there's no way that we're, Notre Dame is going to get fouled, shoot only one free throw. Then we get fouled and only shoot one free throw, and then that's how it ends, right? So I kind of knew this thing was going to happen. Well, when I'm looking at that game, I'm just watching the, the, the defensive stops and going, at some point, Syracuse is just going to pull ahead. They did. Because, because by five. <laughs> well, yeah, but then you, but no, we, I, we were, I felt like it should have been more. Yes. Yes. It should have been more. It could have been more. They had good. They had some good shots that went in and out. I mean, I don't know if you want to call Benny taking a deep three is a good shot, but if it hit the rim, I guess it was okay. Maybe not the best choice. It went kind. Of, it went in and out. There was a couple just, air I mean, balls thrown yesterday, so I know, it's nice to see it hit day, the rim. All I know is that if he, 
If he wants to keep <laughs> being able to shoot threes in a game, he better start rebounding. That's for sure. Yeah. Facts. Yeah, totally. Uh, at Keller 0103, great, great resume builder. Edwards playing 40 minutes was huge. Forwards have to rebound better. Three-point field goals probably won't cut it in most cases. Zero um, turnovers for our starting guards. That's key. Yes, there was, what, four altogether, I think? Yeah. Yeah, so um, huge. They played a really clean game. Uh, really comes down to rebounding defense and making open shots. Feed the big man. Yeah, that's the thing. They're going to stop us from feeding or them from feeding the big man. Uh, that's going to be their focus. It's obviously our strong suit in, in on the offensive end. Um, and on the offensive end is the only time they can really do much about it. And that's just going to give someone else an opportunity. Who that Who that is going to be? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But they're going to have to come up with something to. Yeah. To well, it's just like what I was talking about with football, dude. It's like it's you have to evolve, right? So that's what I was talking about with football. Is you have to start a with giving it to your best option, right? So that was what Sean Tucker and Schrader running the ball. You know, mm-hmm. then a Ronde gets and it pass game opened up, and then you get those three headed monsters, and you hope that maybe some other people can. You know, that's when you go to the next level. But with basketball. When you're just you're not feeding Jesse and you're just shooting all these jumpers, we're not a three point shooting team. We got a young team, and uh, Jesse's he's pretty good around the rim. Granted, there's some strong guys that give him give him more trouble than than Lejewski or whatever his name is. But um, at the end of the day, you got to start there and then make the other team stop that, and then from there, other people will be open. And that's how that whole offensive thing. They got to learn how to move without the ball, get Jesse the ball. And, you know, make the other team stop them because, like you said, you double team them, somebody's open. It's just we got to move. We got to just just keep getting better and playing together. But it's hard when you can't really settle on a rotation because you're still trying to figure out who can rebound and play defense. Yeah. Uh, Nadal, he had to jet from the green room. So he, he left his fan feedback there, which is fine. Fine with that. Uh, he says, I'm convinced Beheim is a genius. He knew all along we needed Joe Girard to win. Perhaps if Taylor continues to, to develop, we won't need him anymore. He will need minutes, and based on the past two games with Joe on the bench, he will get them. So, oh, he is in here. I'm sorry. But, oh, he's back. Um, yeah, look. Um, Joe's a senior guy on the team. I think it goes without saying that we need him to do something. Nine points in three games isn't doing anything. And when he gets in his head about the whole, about any scoring opportunities, uh, you know, he just doesn't play anything. It's like, he, it just, he just crumbles. And as a senior guy, you think, you know, and a leader on the team, like you've, you've got to look past that and do what you can to help. And so that worries me that if Joe's not scoring, that it's going to be no show Joe. And, um, that's a, but, but to Nadal's point, you know, Justin Taylor, this kid's talented, man. Okay. And it's too early to tell whether he can be consistent or not, but, um, definitely a talented kid and a big kid and a strong kid. So with that said, and he can handle the ball good too, for a size too, not to mention. So um, with all that said, man, I think, you know, this puts Joe on the hot seat nonetheless, as early as it is in the season to just see how any of that can develop. Nah. You don't think so? I, I don't. I mean, I think that Joe would have to 
be just play like he did the other game where he was 20 minutes took three shots just didn't seem himself you know uh, i mean we've seen games where mm-hmm. he's tucked a bunch of shots and he's missed them right yeah but we haven't seen games like we spoke about before with him only getting 20 minutes and only shooting three shots so like i said i mean there was people that were sick prior to um in, in a well, case like we speculated that. too we but you know there's no confirmation on any of that no, there's definitely not any confirmation on that. I'm just saying that it's all speculation. But I mean, just to say, like, oh, all of a sudden this guy sucks and we just he doesn't need to play anymore. Um, you know, obviously we've seen inconsistencies from him his whole career. Uh, but when someone has a, a game like he did, you know, the 20 minutes, three shots didn't seem like himself. You know, in that type of situation, I like to give them benefit of the doubt because there's just so many things that can affect these these younger adults. Um, on the basketball court other than just playing basketball. So uh, he came back in a strong way, found different ways to score, backdoor cuts. It's going to make it easier for him to get his get his jump shot outside. So um, it was good to see him back in, in his usual trying to score ways. So, And uh, without him, we wouldn't have won this game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. And, and that just brings me into this, which is perfect. At no Blanchard 44. He says, it sucks we depend on Gerard so much because if he plays like this every game, I think our record is much better. That said, we have some easier games coming up to get this team some more experience before the gauntlet that is the ACC. So, yeah, I mean, I think it goes without saying. And at this point, it's kind of what I've expected uh, Joe to do. And coming into this year, if I had expectations for anybody or anything having to do with basketball, was that Joe was going to just grab this thing by the reins and and take over, and be oh, a leader. He still can, right? He still there's it's early in the season. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you, he can still do it. I just feel like he gets in his own head too much. I mean, it's it's very hot or cold with him, and and it's I just wish that we have seen times where he has not been good on offense, but he's made up for it. The steals. He had two brilliant steals yesterday. And for points, both layups. By the way, can Joe dunk? Mm, I haven't seen him. Don't think I so. I haven't seen him. I don't think so either. But he had two He had two uh, steals, uh, took it down the court for layups. Um, that's his. I think that's a strong part of his game. You know, besides getting hot from behind the arc, which is what he's known for, but he's known for that in high school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so, he's got some sneaky. He's had some sneaky steals uh, throughout his career. You know, as far as playing at the top of the two-three zone, I think the the issue with him is is that you know it's kind of easier for guys to shoot over him in the two-three zone because he's not as tall or, or or lengthy. So, you know, you give and take as far as that goes. But um, you know, I just. I hope that it can turn around for him. But again, if we can't fix this rebounding issue, and if if we can't have guys step up and score consistently, getting twos, you know, buckets like that to take pressure off Joe, he's going to be out there thinking that he has to, to carry that load and go, t- you know, shoot ten threes like he did against Notre Dame. Um, you know, there wasn't any other anybody else in double figures other than Jesse Edwards and, and Joe Girard. So. Um, Joe's the type of guy that, you know, if guys aren't, you know, he feel like he's going to have to step up and do the score and if guys aren't going to do it for him. Um, and you know, it's, we gotta, we gotta have guys help. That's all. Other guys need to step up and help. Yeah, absolutely. I think then I think we'll see a more efficient Joe. Yeah, I think so. Well, I thought moving him to the two was going to be like crucial. 
Mm-hmm. And I just, well, I haven't really seen, I haven't seen re- reaping any benefits from that yet, to be honest with you. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, coming into every game, our our opposing coaches, they're going to, as far as game planning and, and defense, they're looking at Joe Girard as the only guy that's got an outside shot, that's got the perimeter game. And um, traditionally, other than backdoor cuts and stuff, or stopping and popping at the free throw line, you know, he's not great at driving and finishing around the hoop. So... Um, you know, it's a situation where these teams are trying to stop that. And it's like, don't let Joe Girard beat you from the perimeter. So there's there's that honus on that too. So, um, all right, this is our buddy Dom here. He says uh, at baptized by fire on seven on Twitter says I love the two three with Mitz Gerard Taylor Edwards and a jock. I know it may be limited scoring, but it's a very active zone. Well, yes. Yes, that's a great defensive five, but we need points, damn it! And that's not—it's not the—it's not, not the highest scoring combo I think think you can come up with. But it's a good long—that's a good long, big defense five, defensive five. So, like I said, well, go ahead. I just think that Justin Taylor is probably the best bet. I mean, he's listed as a guard, um, but he's got four rebounds. He had more rebounds than all the other forwards combined. And, you know, he is 6'5", 6'6", and he seems to me like the only, I mean, like the next logical one or player that might have a chance to come in and hit open threes and, and maybe, you know, be able to shoot Go some, off. Some, some twos. You know, I mean, just be yeah. a consistent scorer in mid-range, and then when he's got the open shot in the three, then take it, you know. But, um, I mean, Chris Bell's had opportunity after, after opportunity, and he just hasn't taken it. Um, and same with Benny Williams. And when are the, when are those when is that duo going to wake up? I don't know. <laughs> I have it's no frustrating because I, I, I mean I not, love I Benny. Hope. I don't know Chris on the court that well, but you know we loved Benny last year. We saw the potential in that kid and the humility and the hard work that he was putting in, and it's just so. yeah. Well, I mean we've seen we've seen guys, right? I mean I think the thing that kills this more than anything is you know you get expectations based upon. You know, recruiting stars and all this other stuff. Um, you know, we had expectations for Benny, and then you know the expectations got set a little bit. You know, this year because Jim Beheim said that Benny Williams is going to shock the world. Um, so at the end of the day, if he's not ready, he's not ready. I mean, these guys got talent. You can see the talent, but we need people that are ready. We need people that are willing to step up and and play their roles and um, do the dirty work that that they need to do to help this team. Um, so maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's next year. We've seen guys that have taken a long time to develop, you know, the Sutherlands, stuff like that. And if this isn't their year, then this isn't their year. But it's just this is the time to figure it out. It's just non-conference has changed since, you know, the traditional ways of the scheduling and everything. I just don't remember non-conference being like this with so many games. And, I mean, I guess the ACC Big Ten Challenge when we move to the ACC – um, I feel like there's like quadruple, if not ten times more, holiday tournaments than there are or were way back in the day, um, and and we're playing ACC games in the middle of of the nine conference schedule. Oh, they so. they've toyed with that for the past few years. You know, we started I mean, the season with a, with a game against UVA a few years back. Remember yeah. that? That was mm-hmm. that sucked. So yeah, I mean. I don't mind. I kind of like the early ACC game, but to your point, though, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, 
I just think that the the non-conference has gotten quite a bit more challenging. Yeah. Used to just be all cupcakes, you know. I mean, not really cupcakes, but games that you could, like, play everybody to try to figure out the rotation, give everybody a chance, and then, you know, still win by double digits. Yeah, still some pretty, like, lackluster competition, though. Maybe not cupcakes, but still, still games when you look at the slate, you're like, okay, you know. Right, but usually it was like 13 of them, maybe a onesie-twosie of, of a tough game um, just to see where you are, you know, a measuring yeah. stick in yeah. the middle of a non-conference or something. But now you have all these games that you have to – I mean, you look I – mean, we've played – It's 11 non-conference games, I think. One, two. We played, we played a, an important – I mean, albeit we beat, we beat Notre Dame, but that's – I mean, a, a conference game is important. And to play them in the middle of a non-conference where you're still trying to figure stuff out um, sometimes doesn't always help everybody. Um, and I didn't think it was gonna until we actually played the game. It just ended up being a good matchup. But, you know, I never remember playing all these games and unless we were in a tournament or something like that. So, um, we got these four next games to figure out the roles and rotations. And if these guys aren't the guys, then we need to move forward with guys that are just willing to do what they need to do. And if that's John Bull, he's going to go out there and he's going to play his heart out, play good D you know, like I said, he was had the most assists on the team, <laughs> so uh, I'll take that with little to no rebounding than some of these crap shots and, and some of this effort that I've seen from the other guys. Yeah, the effort's just not. I'm just not seeing it. Unfortunately, I'm not trying to be harsh, but I used to say effort's free, man. Yeah, uh, at Q's Waterboy, uh, Edwards is Q's Waterboy is suspended from. He's suspended from going live in the green room. <laughs> I'm just playing. Oh I'm just playing. But you know what? Real ha- what happened? Real quick. I might as well just tell this story like super fast. Um, so the antics in the green room that did make it to YouTube live last episode, uh, <laughs> um, they did get everything throttled pretty well on on YouTube, which is is fine. I, I couldn't care less, honestly. It's just for fun. But uh, yeah, I got I got a. I got a uh, warning for community standards from that episode. So, and you think about this. Think about this, though, honestly. And this is, I'm totally off subject here, but think about this, honestly. Like, you can look up comedians on, on YouTube, and they're just as foul and vulgar as Tony. You know? I mean, it, are they getting, are they getting uh, warning notices from YouTube on the community standards? I doubt it. What the hell? So, anyways, it's a little story. No, they don't uh, have to worry about them. They're famous. But yeah, by the way, it no longer exists. It's an MP3 format on my computer, but that is it. So I was like, if it's getting throttled, I'm pulling it because it's not even worth being up there. So, anyways, I have it, and uh, maybe someday y'all will hear it. By the way, this is our 400th episode. By the way. Oh wow. Yeah, six really? years. Yeah, 400 God. episodes. Can you believe that? That's wild. I, mean, I can, but I can't all at the same time. I know, it's wild to me. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, Edwards is a beast in credit Gerard to play much better with the entire when the entire city wants to hang him on a cross outside the fake Christmas tree in <laughs> Clinton Square. This is a massive W on the road in the ACC. Yeah, uh, I saw a couple of... Um, not a couple, but... A few, rather, um, remarks from people talking about, you know, is if you're gonna give, if you're gonna trash Joe Girard when he's 
having a bad game, at least give him credit when he's having a good game. I mean, it's true. It's like, that's the least you could do. That's the least you could do. You know, uh, no one's perfect. Joe has struggled. Nah. You're either you're either all about Joe or not to some extent in the uh, Q's universe. And, you know, I just I'm a guy who just I want everybody on the team to freaking ball out. So that's all I want to see. I just want to see people play and ball out. So anyways, yeah. let's. No, you're right, man. You are right though, because honestly, like you can't. And that, those are that's what trolls are, right? Yeah, and in the in the age of really, social right? media, just is you know. It, first of all, it's it's not going to end. It's always going to be a thing. I think it's disparaging. I think some of the things that are said are just ridiculous. And I understand being frustrated, but you know, to go on Twitter and just just straight trash someone, I just don't. I don't know, man. It's your team. You want to trash someone? Trash Notre Dame. That's my thing, and I just you know, hate when you know <laughs> when they're bad, the negativity comes out. When they're good, it's freaking crickets, and there's no appreciation or no like. I mean, you know, just put, put it this way: acknowledging the fact that you know something good happened. I have a, a, a close friend of mine who's a, who's a Syracuse fan, and he can't stand Jim Beheim. So he he when they lose, he loves it. Because it it justifies his anger towards coach, and when they win, it's an excuse. Oh well, you know what? It's like, dude, you're a fan. You're letting you're letting the the fact that you want coach to retire cloud your judgment with whether or not you want to win or lose a game. Are like where? It's so odd to me that. You would that you would be like that. So it's just, just, uh, that thought process is just that thought that thought rampant. process is, is it's yeah it's it's just just unnatural. I feel like like don't yeah, you want your team to win? Like you could still want coach to retire and and be happy that they won and not look like a sad sack. Yeah. <laughs> like what the frick? Um, let's head over to Facebook real quick and wrap this thing up. All right, top fan, John. Yes, done. Nice win, simple basketball, high, low, in motion offense. Keep it up. There we go. See, by the way, I will—I think I've said this before, too, that um, out of both social media platforms that we use, generally speaking, Facebook is less negative than Twitter. I can't stand either one of them. I can't stand Facebook more than Twitter, actually. Twitter's just a cesspool, but Facebook I can't stand as a platform. But usually it's a little better here. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Jesse, he has something um, short and sweet. So let's go over that real quick. He says, um, and then we'll do Alex. They're right there. Right side by side. Oh, top fan, Jesse. Pardon me, Jesse. Missed the game. because Oh, this is why I was short. Because of work. But I did hit on my $20 bet. Thanks for, thanks for the scouting report on the Irish. Wow, hey. There you go. What do you think about that? Because we did pick a win, by the way. I had 62-60, or excuse me, I had 66-64. I mean, not bad. It's not pretty bad. good. Not bad. Um, yes, so Jesse hits 20. That's great. Um, you should you should put another twenty down on Syracuse versus versus Oakland. 
Whoa. Uh, uh, we don't know what that did, spread is. Did, don't. Okay. True, true, true. Top you were an fan, underdog in the other one. Top fan, Alex. Great win. We will be able to be in every game if Edwards and Gerard can lead. Adversity is the key word for this team, and can we handle it moving forward? Go Cuse. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slightly disagree. I think you can get Jesse Edwards and Gerard leading. Um, and you can win that way. You can win a lot of games that way. But if you don't get Bell and Williams on the boards, it's going to Or anybody be, else. Well, I mean, you got to get those two. You really do. I mean, you want to talk John Bull? You know, really? That would help. If he gets me 10 rebounds... I mean, if he gets 10 rebounds and keeps doing what he's doing, he's that's it. I mean, he's going to be starting, and that's going to be, you know, everybody else is going to be playing catch-up. I don't care who starts. I don't give a crap either. I want someone rebounding. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Um, It's going to become a problem sooner than later. Uh, You know, I mean, you know, um, and we don't know... Georgetown. Right. (laughs) So sooner. Um, (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's how they did it before. Not a very talented team, but they killed us. Um, let's see. Top fan. Look at all these top fans coming in here. Michael. Great way to start ACC play on the road with a potential quad one win. Now that's true. We don't, we won't know for a while where this lands, but if Notre Dame can play the way they played against Michigan state, by God. You know, by the way, we played them again in the Dome. So, you know, don't count your chickens for your eggs hatch, but we get to play Notre Dame again. And we'll, we'll see where they're at then. Mm, if, that's a, if that's a, if you know what. Quad three what, loss. <laughs> I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I think it'll be at least a quad two, you know. Um, same with the Cornell loss. It's a quad two loss, I think. Colgate. All day. Or, yeah, Colgate. Uh, we haven't played Cornell yet. Uh, all right, let's see. Brian, it truly was critical to any chances. Long way to go, but fantastic. Jesse, obviously, and Joe Girard, and the second half defense held them to three points instead of eight that they had in the first half. I don't know if I should proofread any more of these or what, but I just read that word for word. So let's just go to Gary. <laughs> Top no, fan. <laughs> I was going to say that's fine. He just I understood the end with defense and how uh, they, they hit eight first half threes and they only hit three in the second. Right. Okay. I got that part. Okay. All right. I was a little confused. Um, yeah. Okay. Gary, top fan on Facebook. This is not a good Notre Dame team. They are a lot like Hughes. Um, they are a lot like Hughes, deficient in many areas. They had less size than Colgate in Northeastern, who we played. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, they're a talented team, though. That's the thing. The size is what killed them because um, Leshevsky wasn't hitting. And normally he hits. And if he hits and he gets going, then that's a problem. And it's always the guys that are doing these things from behind the arc and just, you know, like Bryant. I mean, for crying, I mean, Illinois, that's a given, right? So, um, that's always where we struggle because you, you, if you can't make, if you, Syracuse gets behind because of the three ball, then what's that leave them to do? Chucking up threes. 
and then it just get yeah. more behind, and then it hit and the panic the button. Thing. Yeah, and then it hit the panic button, and then you know they tried to press, and you know it works for a minute, but after that they're you know they're getting beat, and so um, if you can, I mean we came back on Bryant, but I mean it was Bryant, you know. Right, I yeah. mean I just I, I I worry about coming back on other teams and stuff like that and getting you know down. Like I said, you got to start with Jesse first, uh, Jesse Judah. And if Joe's if he's open, you know you want to run some sets for him too. But can't be this hero ball stuff, man. Yes, Anthony Roadwinds, um, they're they're quadded differently. Huge. So yeah. uh, a home, uh, for instance, a, a quad one home win is a one through thirty. A neutral is one through fifty, and away is one through seventy-five. Yeah. So, so as long as Notre Dame stops, this is like in the top. Once, um, once seventy-five they, in the net right. ranking, then it'll you, be a, a quad one win. Right. Well, you just got to keep up with the net rankings, and if Notre Dame ends up in the in the top seventy-five, that's a quad one win. So, um, and you know, we always once it gets going, getting into getting into you know, the, after the next four games, we'll start lo- looking at net rankings and and start keeping track of all that stuff. So anyway, um, all right. I think that's going to do it, Joe. That's going to do it. And per the new schedule so far, we'll be back here on Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Yes, they play Tuesday night. We'll be back Wednesday to tell you about Oakland and then look ahead to Georgetown for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.